まもなくピクセルオブブレックファストに止まります。Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Pixels for Breakfast podcast. I'm your host, Steve. Joining me as always is my co host, Blue. How you doing, buddy? Hello. It, there's such a weird delay from when like, things actually go live on the YouTube front. So I'm like, sitting on the YouTube page and it's like, still going, it's going to start soon. And then you start talking, and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird. Even on my end, like,、uh, in the back, like, you hit. All right, we're going live, and you and I shut up real quick. And then YouTube, you have to hit a go live button. It's not like Twitch where you just press it at OBS. And it's like, okay, come on, let me press it. Let me press it. And then, yeah, but anyway, <laughs> here we are behind the curtain. Welcome to the podcast.、Uh, so, yeah, a lot has happened in the last two weeks. We've had two gigantic game showcases、uh, happen. We're not going to dive like. Into every single piece of news that came out of that, but we are just gonna sort of pull through the highlights of things that we enjoyed.、Uh, so, yeah, I guess we kick it off with the big one,、uh, and that is the、uh, Sony PlayStation showcase that happened.、Uh, so, yeah, this is a, a big event that Sony really did bring the goods in terms of games,、uh, both from indie and sort of AAA. A lot of teasers of stuff that's coming in the future, not necessarily stuff that's coming soon.、Um, But yeah, like, I guess we can just sort of go down the list、uh, and, and Blue, like, sing out if there's a game you're interested to talk about、um, along here. I feel like I have, like, a sentence to say about each. Okay, well, let's, let's just do it. Because some of them, I,、uh, I actually didn't watch the showcase this time.、Uh, I just sort of caught the that, cliff notes. Yeah, that's not necessarily a great thing, by the way. It's like, for example, like, like jumping straight in, right? Yeah, the yeah. First yeah. one. My, question, my, my sentence or slash question to you is is it fair game or fair games? Uh, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it's like, what is this CGI reveal trailer too? It's like, I, that's a weird I don't think I don't think the name is ever said in the trailer. <laughs> so it's just. Yeah, so、uh, this is、uh. coming from、uh, Haven.、Uh, it's a PlayStation、yeah. exclusive and it's,、uh, it's billed as a competitive and modern heist game where you team up to break into exotic locations and steal cargo.、Um, yep. So feels like it might be a little bit like a, a payday like. Um, I don't know who the developer is.、Uh, do you know Haven at the top of your head? No.、Uh, I'm sure if we dug in a bit, we'd find something, but we did not do that research for this episode. No, no. So, yeah, <laughs> like, I think we, we all know, and like, this is going to become very apparent、um, in the,、uh, the sort of going on of this, but like, Sony are chasing live service games, right? Like, that's what they're chasing. We knew that. That's something that、yeah. they had spoken about.、Um, yep. So. You know,、uh, this is one of those, I guess.、Um, the it, next... it looks genuinely fine. Like, yeah. 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 It looks like it's okay.、Um, but yeah,、uh, I don't know what's going on here in terms of the trailer, folks. It does seem like it's、uh, lagging a little、choppy. bit. Sorry about that.、Um, but yeah, yeah the... possibly my fault because I was the one in charge of downloading all this and I didn't actually check that this one ran all right, I guess. Oh, yeah, I, I don't know. The stream seems to be fine. And, and sorry for audio listeners. We normally don't talk about the stream while we're, we're doing this. But yeah, just having some issues there.、Uh, but the next game was a huge surprise to me and something that I'm very, very excited for. And that was Helldivers 2.、Uh, this is、mm-hmm. a, a co op shooter coming from Arrowhead Games. So they're the folks behind Magicka、um, and the、yeah. original Helldivers, obviously. But their whole shtick has been、uh, interesting co op games where you can、uh, hurt and hinder each other.、Um, and Helldivers.、Yep. 
surprisingly, like we just had a Starship Troopers game come out that's pretty good, but Helldivers sort of filled that gap when it came out. It was very tongue-in-cheek, like you're doing your part, sign up uh, against the bug menace. Um, so to have yeah. a, a Helldivers 2 come out right now is is kind of funny. Um, and it's going to be that's a That's my person. one sentence for uh-huh. this was, it looked like Starship Troopers for the first like two minutes of or, or like half of the trailer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Until, they, until the title screen came up and they're like, no way. <laughs> you know, like... Yeah, yeah. and like, I remember when the first game came out, uh, it was early in the PlayStation 4 days, and the best thing was the uh, your characters, because it was a top-down perspective, this new one's going to be third person. Um, but you would spin the character around and they had these cloaks that would sway in the wind. It was like cloth mesh sort of physics and not many games had that, especially not console games at the time. Um, so we spent way too long in the menus just spinning around like dancing dancing people. Um, but yeah, mm. next was uh, a game from Ascendant Studios, a first person magic shooter called Immortals of Avium. Uh, this is from X Call of Duty uh, leads, I believe. Um, right. I've heard that it's Call of Duty with spells, if that's your jam. I think it's a terrible name, <laughs> but it looks like I okay. was thoroughly unimpressed when I saw it. I mm-hmm. possibly because they led with the like publisher, like I think EA was early in the thing, and I'm just like, oh, 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 oh like we've been talking about a, EA a lot of it offline, haven't we? <laughs> I'm not a fan of that company. I don't need to. Is yeah, that, I don't, <laughs> yeah. Not, don't, not a huge fan of their policies, but you know, whatever. I, I think it looks mediocre. Yeah, uh, like it. It looks okay, but be, be, by the nature of the type of trailer it is, nothing I see there I can trust to be like final game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Of that, believe it when of, you see it. Yeah, it look if if everything looks the way it does, like in the trailer, that'd be fine. It it, it then looks like a good game, but. I don't trust it to look like that. So until that happens, it's a very meh mm-hmm. to me. Yep, that's a fair call. Um, the next release Whereas... was uh, Ghost Runner 2, which this was an indie game uh, published yeah. by 505 Games. It got a lot of, like, it was definitely quite successful, so I'm not surprised that there's a sequel. Um, but yeah, it looks like more of the same, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. No, this one, like, in, in comparison, this one looks very competent and knows exactly what kind of game it wants to sell itself as, and it presented that first, you know, foot, um, put a good foot down straight away. Like, just, yeah. Yeah, exactly right. Um, now there's a, RP- a quickfire action RPG called Phantom Blade Zero. It's from Cruel Man Studio. Never heard of this one. Mm. It was a debut trailer. It kind of looks neat. Looks very... Um, character action kind of a bit like uh neo i'm getting neo vibes from it maybe not as technical yeah this one i remember thinking oh it's another japanese one and then like halfway through i realized no this is chinese yeah i i have a vague memory watching this trailer this could be absolutely bullshit but i think this is from a solo developer i'm pretty sure and like i i think maybe don't quote me on this. Maybe we'll have to look this up. I'm just going to look it up. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to put this out there. But it reminds me of this game I saw mm-hmm. that was like a tech demo that I'm pretty sure was a solo person. They're from Hong Kong. Uh, and no, they're not. It's not the game I'm thinking of. They have released other games in the past by the looks of it. 
Um, so disregard that. But yeah, it looks pretty cool. Um, and yeah, I think it's 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 it could be good if that's your jam. Not personally my kind of thing though. Uh, the folks behind. I, I think Ag- it's really. I think it's just really cool that, like, we're going into mythologies that are more than just Japanese, <laughs> even yeah, if Chinese sure. is still pretty broad, but yeah. and, and like relatively mainstream to be completely honest. But at least it's not just another Japanese-inspired game. Yeah, um, definitely right. I think that it's important to, to, and it's one of the things, the few things I like about the Assassin's Creed franchises they at least try to explore yeah. some other uh regions that aren't normally represented in games whether they do that right or wrong um but you know mm. i think that's it'd be good to see more stuff and we're definitely seeing you know we had woe long uh earlier this year like definitely more yeah. in that that space um sword of the sea is the next game from the abzu studio it yeah. looks like a flow state game kind of like abzu maybe with a little yeah. bit more like combat or something it looks like a bit of skateboarding on a sword or something i don't know if i would like bet on the more combat but yeah looks like it could um, yeah um yeah. so that looks neat um crow team they announced in partnership with volva digital for the talos principle 2 uh so that's like a first person physics puzzle game that's yeah. you know uh I'd put it in the same category as a game like The Witness. Um, and it was pretty neat. It had a really cool style to it. So I'm excited to see them get to do that again and not just be making more serious Sam games. Huge credit to the strength of the first game, which I haven't actually played. I've just watched a fair amount of people talk about it and it's really cool. But huge credit to like the strength of the vision in the first game. As the trailer kicked up and I watched like some of just the iconography I remember because I was in like ginger stream and I remember just like typing this reminds me of Talos principle and then it was and I'm like oh wow yeah fair no yeah. it looks like Talos principle which is like if you look at the game it, it's it's a bit generic but like there's definitely themes visually that have like carried through which is impressive right yeah yeah absolutely and I think like that first game was a fair departure for the studio like the folks behind As you serious, said, serious sam, sam. yeah making, making this no, puzzle seriously. game yeah um so a, i'm really a happy deeply that... philosophical puzzle game i will add like yeah. i think time was the the reception at the time was very much in the camp of just we everyone likes the witness but i i think there is much more to be said about what talos principle wanted to 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 talk about than the witness um personally at least mm-hmm. you know so it's definitely it might be an excuse for me to pick up the first one and try it although it's a bit slow of a of the like i'm not a fan of the pace of puzzle in the in the first talos principle so yeah 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 exactly um i think you know this is a genre that we don't see a lot of we just had that one that uh we just had that one uh, from the Myth uh, creators come out um, recently. Uh, not Myth, Myst. Um, and that mm. apparently all the reviews were like, oh, I kind of missed the mark a little bit there. Um, mm. So, you know, it's it's a genre that we don't see a lot of. So I'm kind of excited to just get a sequel to one of these games. Shows that it was a bit more successful, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Another big release announcement from Devolver was uh, Gris developer Nomada Studio announced Neva uh, coming out in 2024. And, you know, as you'd expect from the creators of, of Gris is like a, a beautiful, beautiful yeah. art game that has really like great. super good looking animation. Um, so yeah, my, pre- my one sentence for it was I should finish, Gr- I should play Gris. Uh, yeah because i i own it and i bought it with every intent of playing it it looks gorgeous it looks 100 percent like something i would like just haven't put aside time to do it so yeah um um after that we had cat quest pirates of the Caribbean, which i'm not interested in just on the name alone <laughs> i don't know I if you have something to say about it i'm pr- i'm pretty sure this was like back to back and i remember going yeah my one sentence about cat quest is Oh, tonal whiplash. Yeah, yeah. Because you right. go for, because like seriously, these two trailers back to back, they do not flow into each other. No, no. Uh, <laughs> just, um, but yeah, I think anyone watching this should go check out uh, the neighbor uh, stream. Uh, sorry, trailer right after this because it's it's super good looking. It's game. pretty. Yeah, it's pretty. Um, One okay vibes in it. Yeah, for sure. Foam Stars is Square Enix's uh, attempt to cash in on Splatoon. It does not look interesting at all, and I'm pretty, like, like whatever. Of course they would do that because it's Square. Of course Square is doing this, <laughs> you know, yes. is my vibe. Yes, 100%. I, it's a bit of a shame that that is, like, generally a consensus I can't disagree with because I think that more games should be in non-violent shooters yeah. in the space of non-violent shooters. Um but and it's not like this doesn't have something over splatoon like it does play with elevation the foam for for people who are just listening foam stars is a like i don't know you shoot champagne guns that yeah. make foam bubbles um but like the thing that is potentially interesting is that these foam bubbles cause elevation differences maybe that's cool yeah, maybe. I don't know. Like, maybe. Uh, again, it's it's very much a shame that there isn't there aren't more games in the non-violent shooter space because Splatoon is great, uh, and it doesn't have monopoly on the space. Just no one else wants to be there, you know. So. Yeah. I, Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. Like it's, Splatoon, it's very generic looking. Here in Japan, Splatoon three is like a phenomenon. Like you jump on all the trains and you're seeing it everywhere. Even like months and months like. It's almost been a year since the launch, hasn't it? Um, so, like, I understand why they want to get a piece of that action, um, but yeah. it just looks very generic and, like... It, it does. Know, the art style is extremely generic. Like, that's yeah. why Splatoon works, because it has so much style and personality. Character. And it's not. Without knowing anything about the game. You just yeah. look at the art. It, like, it's one of those games where you can pull up key art and go, that that is personality. Uh, and then yeah. on top of that, it honestly has a couple of moments like um the ending to the octoling expansion is like fantastic yeah um yeah and it's kind of like it, it it's so similar to the fact that like you can surfboard through the foam like same as turning into a squid kid like every component of this is just yeah but anyway we'll move on from that uh yep. the plucky squire from devolver digital Looks is coming out fantastic yeah. yeah, it does look fun. Uh, it, I Probably it, not it, my thing, but I appreciate it for sure. From, for, I mean, this looked great when it was first announced. I think it still looks good. Um, yeah, uh, it's a 
2D platformer where you get to like jump out of the 2D space and then do stuff in like the the quote unquote real world that yeah. like the books are in and stuff like that. And I think that it's a great concept. Uh, reminds me of Fez a bit. Yeah, definitely Fez vibes for sure. Yeah. Um, so, you know, tear down. Ways, as a, yeah. Tear down's coming. Um, I hope a console can run <laughs> it and doesn't melt. Um, but yeah, that that My... comes right now. <laughs> Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, my one sentence for this was, this is not the sequel? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, it looks game, better. Yeah, it does. It looks better. To be granted, I haven't played it since it came out in 1.0 and seen what it's looking like these days on PC. But um, yeah, Tear Down, for those who don't know, it's like a physics-based blowing stuff up game. Basically, you can build blowing all these stuff crazy contraptions. Game. Yeah, and you can just cause all sorts of crazy things to happen um very taxing yeah. on pcs so i wonder what limitations they've had to put onto it for the consoles um uh semi-related to what's going on this week it has actually a really cool speed run oh really uh, I, I caught one a few years ago yeah nice yes i think about it it's a very physics based like you know um objective based game there is a great speed run on it um yeah so uh the the other thing this is like pretty well known um but good to have a confirmation metal gear solid 3 is getting a remake metal gear solid delta snake eater and alongside this they'll be releasing a metal gear solid collection that's going to have the original three games uh i think it's called it's volume one so that's sort of signifying they'll probably re-release four and five i'd imagine it's volume two uh weird undercurrent on the 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 social media spaces about like just remember what they're doing to kojima with all of this and yeah i don't know yeah definitely Uh, and kojima is not involved at all also worth pointing out very very importantly because of how auteurism works his name was all over the originals and it is very notably absent now which it makes sense marketing wise why would his name be anywhere near this right but yeah, like yeah. that was just something that people were talking about like and that's just one of the things like when you like back an author and then you art ways with them especially in a not very friendly terms then yeah that uh, was uh you know jeff Keeley was not very happy about all that basically <laughs> my memory of things um, yeah and then yeah just sort of uh towers of agasaba um is uh I don't know yeah. how to pronounce it. Yeah. Akazba, yeah, it's uh, an open world building game. Another one of those, because we really needed another one of those. My one sentence for this is, God, this game looks brown. Yeah, it does, right? Yeah, I, I can't say this, I was terribly excited brown. by it. Um, um, Final Fantasy 16 launch trailer was there. That's a thing that people, I think, are excited about. It seems people are excited about that. Yep. Uh, um. And then the big one that I was super big excited one. about was Alan Wake 2. Uh, we got a gameplay reveal, but we also got a release date for this one, um, mm-hmm. which is pretty neat. So, yeah, I'm a huge Alan Wake fan. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's coming out on October 17 for everything. So PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. Um, yeah. You will be playing as Alan again, but also a second playable character. That playable character's name is... Let me find it. <laughs> I was not prepared for this pop quiz. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. Where is it? 
his his partner fbi agent saga anderson um which for those who are maybe potentially into the alan wake lore and everything um it is connected to control which you know the fbi uh run run the house of control um so i think that's how they're going to tie that in and they also announced that it's not going to be a uh it's not going to be a physical release. They're going to keep it digital only. Um, and the, that a lot of people are not happy about that. Uh, like, I mean, come on. Uh, this is a game that shouldn't even exist at all. Yeah. <laughs> like, I like, never thought in a million years we'd get a sequel to Alan Wake. Um, I I yeah. think people might be under the misconception that Remedy is, like, this really well-off studio. They're not hurting, I don't think. But, like, they're not exactly, like, juggernauts of money you yeah, know they, so. they were definitely like there's a reason why they took crossfire because they needed the money to stay alive and then control hit and now they're big again like you need to remember alan wake when it originally came out was a flop yep. um quantum and, break when it came out was a flop mm, uh, yeah like, they had a they had a lot of rough times uh, yeah so cult classics they may be they did not earn the company the amount of leeway to just do whatever they want so yeah, as you said, it's amazing that this game is a real thing. Yeah, and then Epic are also uh, Epic are also you know uh, working to fund this. Um, so for everyone that talks bad about Epic, I'm like, this is why Epic is not necessarily the the root of all evil that some people make them out to be. Um, yep. But I do want to quickly read the quote from Remedy about why they aren't releasing it on um, physical. Uh, there are many reasons for this. For one, a large number of you have already shifted to digital only. You can buy a Sony PlayStation 5 without a disk drive and Microsoft Xbox Series S is a digital only console. It is not uncommon to release modern games as digital only. Uh, by not releasing a disc, it helps keep the price of the game down and the PC version. Uh, so on console and PCs down at 59 and 49 um, respectively. Uh, and they also insisted they did not want to ship a disc product and have it require a download for the game. So very valid, simple to understand points. Um, so yeah, I'm very excited about that. So Alan Wake 2 revealed, uh, coming out this October. Uh, we also had a new Assassin's Creed Mirage gameplay trailer. What was your one sentence on that one, Blue? Uh, that it's cool that they're trying to move a story forward again. Uh-huh. But like I don't it feels a bit too little too late. Too little too late, you think? Caring about caring about interconnected Assassin's Creed. I feel like right now you kinda just have to judge each Assassin's Creed on its own, right? Yeah. Um I mean, I think that's for me personally, that's the thing that I would want. Right? I just want uh I just want the story of the world. Um, you know, I don't want the Desmond is in an animus, the, the company's yeah. fighting. I don't need any of that. That's not the interesting yeah. part and never a- has And been. also they they stopped or they failed to make that interesting many games ago, right? So giving up the pretense on that would have been better in my opinion. Yeah. Like uh, Origins looked fine. Um, and then what was it? The Greek one looked fine. Uh, Odyssey, yeah. This looks fine. Looks like an ass- looks like an Assassin's Creed. Yeah, I'm glad it's not yearly anymore. Let's put it that way. I'm yeah. so happy for the devs that it's not yearly anymore because that was stupid. That, that was, was really just stupid. Yeah, 
The game was not strong enough to warrant that many releases in a year. Um, but yeah. Uh, okay. So, uh, Finji announced Revenant Hill. Uh, it's a debut game from a studio called The Glory Society. It looks cute, I guess. Does this has something to do with? This is a number of the people behind Night in the Woods, right? Yes, I believe so. Yeah, that that seems right. Yeah. Hmm. Um, um, I think that was my one sentence statement. Of it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we have uh, Grand Blue Fantasy. Is uh, you know. More of that is coming out, or is this a new game? I don't know. I don't know anything about uh, Grand Blue. Th- this is a new. Yeah, this isn't Grand Blue Fantasy the mobile. This is a proper thing that Psy Games had announced before, um, and it looks fine. I think like it. Ha- it, it this has been in the works for a while, and I do believe that it's just something that people. Uh, we're expecting to see at some point and we're finally going to get it. That's the idea. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, your your mate, Street Fighter Six got a story trailer, um, which that game is in the hands of reviewers right now, coming out in a few days. Mm. Mm. My one sentence is, I was already sold. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ultros uh, was announced also, a psychedelic side-scrolling game. Uh, looks wild. Like, looks absolutely crazy. One sentence for this was, just put this next to the Akazba game and be like, please, please use color in your games. It looks so much better. It looks so much better. I don't know what the game's about. It just looks so much better when you have color in your games. Brown is fine. Just don't make everything brown. I don't know, though. Like, a lot of people grew up in the Gears of War era, right? Gears so of War. It's, I, a, it's a nostalgia for the brown. I Maybe Resistance that was Fall of legitimately, Man was the most brown. Legitimately, it was a thing I typed was just, this looks like a game from, like, 2010. Um, you know, like, the color scheme looked like a 2010 game. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. And not in a flattering way. Just, like, rage, Gears of War, you know, that era of games. And it's... Yeah. Yeah. Uh Tower of Fantasy is coming to PlayStation. It's a free to play gacha game. It's kinda like uh what's that one? What's the one that everyone plays? Genshin. Yeah, it's basically Genshin, but in like a cyberpunky sort of modern take. It's more yeah. of that. Um if you end up looking up the trailer for this, I don't know why you would. Um you'll see how mobile gamey this trailer looks. Like you could you could feel it. Yeah, yeah, 100%. It's a mobile game that happens to be on Steam and now it happens to be on PlayStation. Um, for what it's worth, uh, 80 in our community absolutely adores this game. So I know at least one person that plays it religiously. <laughs> um, Dragon's Dogma 2. Um, so uh, that's like Dragon's Dogma 2. It's great. It's awesome. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty there- excited for this. Yeah, a, a a small but not insignificant collection of gamers are all collectively going woo. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. so yeah, that's like I don't know. I never played a lo- uh, the first one. It's on my Steam Deck right now. Like it's on my mm-hmm. to play this year list. Um, I know a lot of people mm-hmm. have fond memories. It's going to be interesting to see if they can pull that weirdness act again in a post Dark Souls world. Um. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. 
This will be a test for Capcom's hot streak. That's for sure. Um, Five Nights at Freddy's is getting another game. Like, cool, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I don't really have anything yeah, we, to say about that. So we are in the VR section of the showcase. Ah, right. So this is all VR stuff. Okay, gotcha. Yep. Um, well, VR. yeah, I'll, I'll just I'll just power through this. So we got Five Nights at Freddy's. We got Resident Evil 4 is getting a VR mode. That'll probably mm-hmm. be uh, PlayStation exclusive forever, I imagine. Um, Arizona Sunshine yeah. 2? Game is... I did not expect to hear the name of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that's getting a sequel. Um, speaking of Crossfire, uh, they're doing a, uh, a VR spinoff for PSVR 2 called Crossfire Sierra Squad. Um, sure. End Dreams. Why do I know End Dreams? That's a company I've heard of before. Um, I haven't. They are releasing Synapse uh, on the 4th of yep. July. It looks kind of neat. It's another first-person game thing. Um, Again, when you have like trailers back-to-back, Crossfire Sierra Squad looks so generic, and then Synapse looks like, oh, yeah, you're actually using VR in an interesting way. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> Beat Saber is coming to PSVR 2, like actually dropped that day, I believe, and there's a Queen music pack. Um now, this is a big mm-hmm. one. I want to talk about this one a little bit. Um, yes. This is not VR. We're out of the VR block now. Uh, yeah. Marathon, the the the, the Bungie uh, game that started as a Mac shooter, is being revived as a new thing, and it's going to be a sci-fi PvP extraction shooter. Um, mm-hmm. I would imagine, I'm, I, I would put this bet out here. They didn't say this. I imagine this is going to be free to play. I imagine this is Sony's big push into why they hired Bungie. Um, yep. They want they want a big scale online shooter that can compete with you know Call of Duty, um, and Marathon could be one of these. And I think this this trailer looks super good in terms of tone. Even though we know it's not going to have a yes. story as such, it's not really yeah. going to connect to those original games. Um, but to be yeah. honest, I think most people have not played those original games. Unless you're a very yeah. specific type of gamer who had access to a Mac in the mid-90s, you probably don't even know what Marathon is. Um, but exciting to see Bungie return to their roots a little bit, play with something that a lot of people haven't seen before and do something alongside destiny. And that's the other thing. Like this doesn't feel like we know Bungie been working on big stuff. This doesn't feel like something huge. This feels like, you know, a a substantial project that is kind of existing to the side, because as we all know, Bungie love them or hate them, uh, are law masters. They love building worlds. And I just don't see an extraction shooter being a place to build a world of Bungie's scale, uh, as a major project, but very excited to see what's happening. This is coming to PS5 and PC. Um, Maybe, though. I don't know if I agree with that statement because of the way the teaser trailer is kind of structured. Um, mm-hmm. They have a lot of emphasis on like establishing shots. They're, it's a very cinematic trailer, which is yeah. also another reason why it, it is very hard to tell what kind of game it will be. Like, Yes, sci-fi PvP extraction shooter, but like the moment-to-moment is very hard to like you know get a feel for. Um, because this is very high concept at the moment. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see more of that, but it is interesting that they straight up off the bat, it's like, yes, this is coming to PC, which also mm. to me was like, oh, okay, it's going to be free to play. They're trying to get mass uh, and they'll do cross play. I imagine that's my prediction. Yep. 
putting it out there. Yep. It's more yep. of a prediction, more yeah. I wish, I wish, I, I want that. Um, yep. sure. Destiny 2, The Final Shape, they released a teaser for that. That's the next expansion uh, for Destiny, I think, or is it the season? I'm not entirely sure, actually. More content coming for Destiny 2. There's always more content on the horizon. Yeah, teaser trailer. Not teaser, sorry. Yeah, teaser trailer has a like, huge um, spoilery thing in it. Yeah, that, I know, care. I'm not going to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah so, so... I was pretty surprised by that. Yeah. 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 Um, Concord is a new PvP multiplayer first-person shooter from Firewalk Studios. It's going to be coming in 2024. Kind of looks like, once again, like Sony are just piling on the shooters here. Like that's their definite focus. Um, Spider-Man 2 was also shown. It looks like a nicer version of the Spider-Man game. Um, I think some people may be disappointed that it doesn't really show off a huge amount of new features. Um I mean, that's what I've been saying you know on social is, media. I see you. That's that. insane to me. Like, like, that's insane to me. Uh, it's... I would say to those people that, like, I don't know, I came to Spider-Man for the writing. I didn't come there for a lot of the, uh, you know, combat aspects of the game. So, yeah. like, to me, yeah. I'm I'm going to sign up no matter what. But, yeah. I think I'm... I didn't uh, get into them just because they're a bit too open worldy for me. But like, they look like great games. Like, yeah, really good characterizations. Um, good, good writing. Not amazing writing. Good writing. Very solid. Um, and I think the characterizations really drive the game. Characters yeah. are consistent. They act in not fully stupid ways. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people make bad decisions for the purposes of like having drama and plot. But like, they're not like idiots. You know, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is. More than I can say for a lot of media, let alone games. So, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I'm personally very excited for it. I didn't play Miles Morales, so I think I'm just going to pick that up in a sale to tie me over until uh, Spider-Man 2 drops. And then uh, Sony revealed, we heard there was like a handheld coming um, before this, uh, this showcase, and they revealed Project Q. Uh, yep. maybe not the handheld, maybe not the Vita successor everyone was hoping for. Um, so this is basically a Wii U tablet. Um, it's, it's a dual sense controller split in half with a, a screen in the middle of it. It only streams from your PS5. So you cannot That's buy the this. the main thing. Yeah. Yeah. You, it's a, it's a Vita TV. Yeah. But like reverse, you know, like. Yeah, so you buy this thing. They haven't announced pricing, I don't believe, but it looks like it's going to be expensive. Um, you buy yep. this thing in addition to your very expensive PlayStation 5 and you get yep. the privilege of being able to play it on your new controller that has a screen in it. I don't know. I think this is a misguided move from Sony in a big way, especially considering they have remote play capabilities, like just make it work better with people's existing devices and yeah. release, release a, a controller for that. Um, works very I well for Microsoft. F- you know? Yeah, I get the feeling that um, in, in certain infrastructures, and I will say Japanese internet infrastructure, this might be good enough that your PS5 can be on at home and you can take this out in the world and stream your PS5 to it. Yeah, maybe. 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 Like, that might be what they're going... Because they weren't super clear on, like, what the use case was or if this was a sit on the couch and have the thing or go on a train ride and have the thing, which would be two very different use cases, right? Yeah, I would say that, like, I think 
looking at the ergonomics of this thing, it doesn't look like you're meant to be taking it out of the house, right? That's like, true. It doesn't That's look true. like that, whatever that Logitech device was that came out, um, that is streaming only as well. Um, so... You're talking about the ROG Ally? No, 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 no. Logitech released a okay. streaming only handheld console. Um, okay. So it's not sure. like the Steam Deck where you're like got this crazy hardware. It's more like an Android yeah. tablet, but it's inside a really yeah. nice skin that is ergonomic yeah. and meant to be taken around, right? Um, this this does not look like that. It looks like you're not going to sit on the train with a DualSense controller with the handle sticking it. Like, you're not going to do that. I don't think so. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that was announced. I guess we'll hear more about that. Um, I think a lot of people were not very pleased about it. <laughs> um but yeah that was the show there is not to harp on this if your hands are a certain size you wouldn't be able to hold project q comfortably yeah because Uh, there is a gap between the like the the like the handle portion of the dual sense 5 and then the screen and like depending on how big your hands are i actually think that would like start to just be very uncomfortable which is already a thing that people, you know, like the Switch is already an uncomfortable device, but like this might actually be physically difficult to hold, depending on. Yeah. Like that's actually the really surprising thing for me with the Steam Deck. Like that thing is pretty big. When I first saw it, Mm. I was like, oh, I don't know about this. And granted, I don't pull it out on a train if it's like packed, but if I've got a seat and it's a pretty empty train, I do pull it out um, outside of the house, right? With my uh, Switch, I don't even have big hands. I have pretty small hands. Um, yeah. The Switch just never felt good to no. grab, no matter what. No, and I ended horrible. up buying the, um, there's like the yeah. the, the pad uh, attachment from- I know um, what you mean. Hori pad, right? Yes, um, Hori, yeah. And that made it so much better. And the Steam yeah. Deck, even though while it's big, just fits better. It feels way more ergonomic. Um, yes, if you're using the touch pads, like that can be a bit difficult. Um, but yeah. as a game controller thing, and yeah, this just does not look like it would be. Uh, I don't even like the DualSense controller ergonomics standard, let alone being split with an eight-inch screen in the middle of it. Um, DualSense is probably my favorite controller at the moment. Yeah, but you like everything that I hate. We've already had this conversation about twelve times this week. Uh, no, but I'm saying that like I love the du- <laughs> like the, it is my controller of choice, and even I am like that doesn't look good for the Project uh, Q. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know if this will be a thing that they've kind of revealed, get a lot of bad feedback from and maybe not release. Uh, like, the still waiting for that Wii heartbeat sensor, but um, we'll see. We'll <laughs> see what happens. Uh, so, another showcase. We're just going to fire through this one, but it was the Warhammer Skulls showcase. Now, first of all, I just want to say it's kind of cool, but kind of weird that there's enough Warhammer games coming out that they need a showcase for it. And... Asterisk, yeah. as we'll get into with what when we talk about this. Yeah, um, I do think that in terms of the quality of games, like I feel like Warhammer games, you know, five years ago, you guaranteed that they're bad. Like now, there's a good chance that they're going to be decent. Like there's been quite a few like outstanding ones. There's been quite a few like cult hits. There's still a lot of shit games though in this bag. Um, but we're going to run through sort of what was there. It's, so, uh, yes, yeah, I try to be diplomatic, but like. Games Workshop, the 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 execs, the people yeah, who yeah. make the decisions and who have the money, they're not good people. No, they're not. They're, they're not. Just, none of them are good people. Just no. The people who work on the IP and the properties, fantastic, very passionate folk. But mm. the people who like dole out permission to do things, horrible people. And like that, 
there is some kind of trickle down there of how good things can be when the people ultimately in charge have are just bad, you know? So Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but the first game that was announced or shown off was Realms of Ruin. Uh, this is in development by Frontier, the studio behind Elite Dangerous. Um, and it's going to be a, a real-time strategy game based on the Age of Sigma Warhammer series. This is the first game in that setting ever. So that's kind of exciting for people who are into that. Yeah, this that. is very much a roots of the the setting kind yeah. of game, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, this one actually looks really interesting to me. It's called Speed Freaks. It's a free-to-play racing combat game um, based mm. on the Warhammer 40,000. And, like, I was like, ah! Twisted metally. Yeah, I'm like, I've, I was never really into Twisted Metal. I played a lot of Vigilante 8, but mainly because it was the game my neighbor had for his PlayStation when I didn't have a PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Um, but something about this, it just looks so ridiculous and silly, like World of Tanks on, on like, Warhammer Crack or something. Like, looks kind of fun. Yeah. It's, it's free to play, so I'd check it out for sure, I think. I, I think 40K needs to go more in this direction. I'm never a huge fan when they lean hard into the, the grim darkness of the of the 41st century kind of stuff you know yeah um also leaning into that i guess is a warhammer 40k i'm not gonna say 40,000 i'm just not i refuse games workshop yeah sorry they don't pay us to say 40,000 i can't remember (laughs) if we talked about this on the podcast at some point i know that we had the talk yeah like yeah i I think we did games workshop wanted us everyone to call it warhammer 40,000 again and like nah it's 40k um anyway Power Wash Simulator DLC for Warhammer 40k. Like, and, and this is so very good. much where I was like, a lot of things that they're releasing asterisk, you know, like they're not all just like games. This, this is a really cool tie-in though. Power yeah. Wash Simulator has been making the rounds and they've got a lot of stuff in there. I personally, I'm from the camp of cleaning the Seventh Heaven bar from Final Fantasy VII is much cooler than anything you could put in from 40k, but... Cool. <laughs> this is there for the 40k fans. I'm that that's super dope. Yeah, yeah. I think it's really, really fun. Um, we got a look at Space Marine 2, um, which that's kind of like a big deal. Another game that I didn't think we'd get a sequel to. So for those for in those this case, are, uh why why bother kind yeah. of deal. Yeah, so like it's this interesting thing, right? Like for people who maybe uh are younger than me, because I'm an old man these days, like I remember when Space Marine came out. And it was, like, largely touted as, like, this is just a Gears War clone, but with Space Marines. But it had a lot of really interesting mechanics and moments in it that was, like, this is just balls to the wall, absolutely crazy. And I wasn't into Warhammer at all, but it played really well. It got trapped behind the, it's a clone of Gears of War. And, yes, I kind of do agree with that, but so was Vanquish. Vanquish had a movement difference, right? um, I feel like Space Marine's difference was the close quarters combat, which felt really good. Um, But, yeah, we're getting a sequel. Yeah, Space Marine kind of sat between Gears of War and Bulletstorm for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't crazy enough to be, you know, outlandish like Bulletstorm, um, which possibly was better for it in the long run. But it also was not, it wasn't Gears of War. It actually yeah. wasn't. If you went in looking for Gears of War, the gun feel wasn't as good because you, you're using bolters. Yeah, exactly. Firing right. rivets doesn't exactly give you good gun feel. But yeah. Uh, yeah, as you said, the melee was better. Like when you stomped an enemy, which was a very common thing you did in Space Marine, 
it felt like you were bringing eight tons of power armor down on something. Yeah. So, um, yeah, super cool to see them get into this, I think, you know? One of the real drawbacks of Space Marine was just the lack of enemy diversity. You only really fought orcs. Uh, and this time, we're going to get the Turnids. Yeah. So, that'll be that'll be good. That, that'll, that'll be something. <laughs> I don't know if that's <laughs> enough. The Turnids are, can be very diverse, but they can easily as well be very lazy with them. So, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I mean, this is also, like, it's coming out in a, in a space where, you know, DLC is far more normal, like... If it's successful, yep. I could see them like, oh, you're going to these planets now and you're going to face off against these these baddies. Um, Warhammer 40k Darktide, a game that I really, really like, but I haven't played a lot of because there's a lot of issues at the start of the game's release. Um, yep. But they've released a new update that has two new maps and the Chaos Spawn. So finally, some new content and i will say last time i played the game it was running well on my pc so i'm actually excited mm-hmm. to jump into this with uh 80 from our community uh if you're mm. on our discord and you want to play some of our dark tide we've, we've got some forums up there just jump in and organize some games um rogue trader uh f- warhammer 40k rogue trader it's a crpg borrowing a lot from like yep. divinity style here um mm. Looks kind of neat, actually. Like, graphically, I was a little bit disappointed, but, like, tone and where they're going with mechanics looks pretty interesting. Um, Warhammer Bolt Gun, which is a boomer shooter that came out recently. I uh, haven't played it myself, but it has been getting decent reviews. They have some custom Xbox Design Lab skins um, that don't look horrible, actually. Um, mm-hmm. New content coming for Warhammer, Total War Warhammer 3. Uh, they're getting they're getting uh, Harold Hammerstorm. I don't know what that is. <laughs> this is it's a part very of hard for me. I don't know, you know, because they keep bouncing back and forth between 40k and classic, and I'm I don't know either, and so it's just I don't know. Yeah, because um, this is classic again, right? Yeah, this is classic. Uh, and then yeah. you got Age of Sigma, which is before classic, I think, in the timeline. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, what is it? It's not classic. It's called Fantasy, right? Like Warhammer Fantasy. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Warhammer's... We'll talk about that at the end. Uh, Blood Bowl 3 <laughs> sure. uh, has a new mm-hmm. team, the Lizardmen, um, and it's free mm-hmm. for all at the launch of Season 1. No one cares because Blood good. Bowl 3 is getting review bombed and it's not as good as Blood Bowl 2. So that's that's mm-hmm. the word. I'm, I'm a huge Blood Bowl fan. I was pretty excited for Blood Bowl 3. Immediately saw the reviews and from a community that wasn't going to review bomb it it's not a review bombing it's just it's missing a lot of features it's missing a lot of yeah. expectations from that second game um so yeah i'm not going to check in with that for a while i don't think uh battle sector warhammer 40k battle sector this was on epic for free a little while ago i believe apparently it's one of the better strategy games in the warhammer franchise uh they've released a new orcs dlc um and apparently it's the closest you can get to playing 40k in a video game in terms of the tabletop game so you're moving squadrons around and stuff like that yeah um and finally warhammer vermintide 2 got uh some new levels um for those that are still playing that which once again people were like ah dark tide fat shark they screwed the pooch i said back then that they are notorious for long support of a game like vermin They've got a new game out that they're still supporting and fixing, and they're still releasing content for the last game years after release. Mm-hmm. So super cool to see that. Um, but yeah, so lots of Warhammer stuff. And as I say to you, Blue, like Warhammer, like, so I'm not a huge Warhammer fan per se. 
Um, but yep. I did get into uh, Necromunda quite a bit, um, mm-hmm. playing on Tabletop Simulator. And then, like, I used to play a lot of uh, miniature games when I lived in Australia. I found someone here and they only play Kill Team. So I started playing Kill Team. Um, so Warhammer Kill Team is a really, really cool um, small scale uh, miniature game. Um, but I've been talking to them a lot and they're rebooting the entire 40K franchise as of next week or next month i believe um so you know how like you play these games and they have the big thick rule books like this and you got all the squadrons with all their special rules they've completely changed every faction it's a double-sided sheet now like they are simplifying everything to try and make the game more accessible to people um so i think that a lot of people are not happy about that. Like a lot of people are not happy about that because they want to be sure. rules, lords and stuff. So I think we're in for an interesting time of where Warhammer's going. I think that they've had some sort of more mainstream success, especially in the video game world. And they're trying to capitalize on that by getting more people into the hobby, whether that's a digital or the physical. Um, so yeah, I think interesting times, kind of surprising, but giving the state of the franchise as a whole, not that surprising that they have enough content to be able to do their own uh video game festival basically yeah dnd 5e at the end of the day whatever else you want to say about it was a very good move for dnd it, its accessibility meant a lot more people could get into it even if it's not a perfect system yeah you know yeah exactly right and like at the end of the day they need more people playing games whether it's digital or physical um because if someone gets into the digital game they're definitely more likely to maybe dabble with the physical tabletop experience mm-hmm. and and vice versa i think right so i think that's the strategy for a lot of these franchises that can make the jump um, i will say though i don't know how anyone keeps being a warhammer like fan when games workshop just treats everyone the in the in the fandom so poorly so yeah, I mean, you could say the same for wizards, though. They're not exactly the best. And, and yeah, you're, no, you're playing wizards. a lot of magic very regularly, as are many people. Uh, so. Yeah, as compared to a lot of people, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. It, it, every time I play, I'm like, yeah, wizards sucks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, think, like, I think that's the difference, right? Like, realizing uh, where you stand um, with the lord of the franchise, I guess. <laughs> I'll say, yeah. and then what you're willing to take and what you're not willing to put your money behind. Um, because yeah. I do think that even though, you know, Games Workshop is not a great company, I think that they do a lot to build a sense of community. Uh, they try and rot that community to get as much money out of them, but I think a lot of people play Warhammer just to have yeah. friends. Um, I mean, it's this is the one person that I don't work with that I see regularly and we only see yep. each other to play Warhammer, right? But, you know, yeah, um, sure. yeah it's it's an interesting dilemma, I think. It's particularly those two companies, right? Um, but anyway, moving on, uh, Embracer. Moving on. Embracer Group. We've all been embraced. Their shares have plummeted after an unknown $2 billion partnership has collapsed. Um, so... This was announced during an investor call, I believe. Uh, They had a major strategic partnership that fell through. We don't know who the company was, uh, but we do Mm. know that it was expected to be over $2 billion in contracted development revenue over six years. Um, And as a result of this news of it falling through, the share prices have dropped by 40%, which is a huge amount. Yeah. Uh, the statement that they released was said that the 
proposed deal would have set a new benchmark for the gaming industry. Late last night, we were informed that one major strategic partnership that had been negotiated for seven months will not materialize. The deal would have enabled a catch-up payment at closing for already capitalized costs for a range of large budget games, but also notably improved medium to long-term profit and cash flow predictability for the duration of game development projects. Um, who this is, we don't know. This, the major speculation Hard to say. for everyone is Microsoft, just because they're gobbling up everything at the moment. I don't think that's... I don't know. There's there's two frames of mind. No. It kind of would make sense. If they were talking about this for seven months and they thought that the Blizzard Activision deal would go smoothly, that they could then pick up Embracer, that kind of makes sense. And now that's not going their way, it kind of makes sense that they would pull out, right? Um, I, I don't feel like that makes sense just because Embracer's not that small. Embracer's Two billion like, feels like a low ball. Yeah. The other thing is uh, Amazon is being on the cards Maybe. and Embracer have partnered with Amazon to work on a Tomb Raider project, but also the in Lord the of case the Rings of project. Embracer buying Amazon, that makes more sense to me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, basically share prices uh, also dropped early in the year because of the bad reception to Saints Row. Um, but Dead Island 2 has been a major success for them. A major success yeah. uh, against yeah. all odds. Um, it sold uh, over 2 million units worldwide. Uh, in mm. in a month and uh, uh, one million units were actually sold in that first weekend of release. So mm. yeah, Embracer may be slowing down a little bit of their their um, purchasing acquisitions, acquisitions yeah. um, because they've been doing a lot. Like they picked up all of Square Enix's Western Studios just recently. Yeah. Um, we know that Deus Ex is in the pipeline. We know that they've got this Tomb Raider project. Like they got some big stuff coming along um so yeah i guess we'll see where they are but things are not looking as rosy as they once were for the for the largely unknown group like not we don't know a huge amount about their operations over there yeah it is widely speculated that games are a side thing for them they're not primarily actually actually, don't, don't we know that like like there is some idea of their portfolio and it's not just video games I'm oh yeah it's sure. not just video games where. yeah um, the the play of they bought out a, a large number of studios to then try to sell themselves to Microsoft doesn't make sense to me. If the price that that ended up being asked for was two billion dollars, I don't feel like that's enough of a. I feel like the portfolio could be spruced up to like look like it was worth more. You know what I mean? Like just yeah. two billion for all of Embracer's uh, game assets sounds low considering how aggressive they've been acquiring and mm. like p- and posturing themselves to, to seem very profitable yeah. um but them potentially trying to buy something else like more studios from another big publisher like if they were even like shot in the dark trying to get something from the ea stable right mm-hmm um that makes more sense to me based on what they've done just two billion feels low if it was someone trying to buy embracer (laughs) that's all that's all i and and that's purely speculation i have no like there there is no like inside baseball knowledge here no i mean the only way that i i agree with you the only way i can see that working is if it's like they wanted to buy thq nordic like they just wanted to buy one vertical off embracer potentially um but yeah 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 maybe 
They they said yeah, maybe. De- uh, I, I've already closed the window, but they said something about development costs uh, over six years. So it sounds like to me that there maybe was a longer term partnership for a series of games potentially. Uh, entirely possible. Um, uh, and I think might make sense to try to get in bed with some of the bigger publishers slash platform owners because they have publishing companies but yeah they don't have the built-in oh we know a guy at microsoft down the hall you know kind of thing so yeah yeah yeah. um moving on to some not so great news sega has laid off 121 employees at relic entertainment publishers yeah Yeah. so relic uh uh like industry legend uh they're the studio that you know company heroes was their baby and they just released company heroes 3 not so long ago uh they worked on uh dawn of war which is like a lauded warhammer game that many people love they worked on the original homeworld i believe like they are real-time strategy the premier um studio that kind of changed the genre completely from starcraft in a world where that is a really dying breed. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, so, and very possibly for that reason. Exactly, yeah. right? Uh, so, yeah, Company Heroes did not come out to amazing uh, critical reception and definitely bad player feedback. Um, and they, But on the flip side of that, they did work on Age of Empires 4, which actually did quite well, all things considered um the quote here from them uh, via twitter relic entertainment and sega europe want to share the difficult news that our studio has been impacted by layoffs affecting 121 employees this comes at a time when external factors are challenging our industry more than ever and we made this decision to restructure our organization to ensure maximum focus is placed on our core franchises relic and sega remain fully committed to supporting and investing in our titles, including the recently released company Heroes 3. We're confident that following the necessary restructuring, Relic will be in a position of strength to continue delivering outstanding experiences to players all over the world. This decision was incredibly difficult. Relic is a studio that treasures our people and is proud of the culture we've grown. And right now, our focus is on supporting departing employees in every way we can. We would like to offer our sincerest thanks to each of them for the part they've played in making Relic such a special studio. So, yeah, it sucks. Uh, you know, thoughts go out to everyone that's looking for work right now. Um, you know, and like, this is just, uh, uh, this is something that we should be used to, but I never am. Um, but we should be used to this, especially recently. Like the the footnote of this new story is just reminding of who's had layoffs recently. And that's Unity, mm-hmm. Microsoft, Take-Two, Riot Games, EA, Twitch, Meta, CD Projekt Red, and Ubisoft. And a bunch mm-hmm. of other companies that we've also spoken about on this show. So yep. it's definitely going around. Everyone's downsizing in these economic times. Um, and yeah. <laughs> in these times that we live in. These, these yeah. dark, dark times, right? Um, yeah. So yeah, Relic, you know, sad state. Um, but as you said, like... It's it's a dying breed of a studio and a dying breed of a genre, uh, largely, right? It's like strategy games have largely been held up uh, by indies lately, so. It's, yeah, 100%. It's too hard to make a game with too small of a niche like that. Yeah. Like, I don't want to say um, that, you know, community members, like Company of Heroes fans uh, or whatever, shouldn't give criticism um when they don't appreciate the new entry in a franchise but from most reports and reading that i've done company heroes 3 is not a bad game 
and can get there. No. It's just not Company no. Heroes 2. But of course, the vitriol online makes it look a lot worse than it actually is. And yeah. like, let's just be mindful that there are no AAA studios like Relic making these sorts of games. Um, yep. If you want this game to exist in the future, like maybe have a little bit of foresight to be... And once again, I don't want to say do not give that criticism, but maybe put it in check because there's a chance that those huge swaths of negative feedback that aren't actually that important potentially could shutter a studio. Um, it it uh, removes the chance of getting investment, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the other side to this as well is um, learning how to give and also to read criticism online because there is this very binary, is this game good or is this game bad, right? Yeah. It's the best or and, it's the worst. Yeah, but like it's it's sometimes what's more important than making the game better is getting more people to play a game or a genre that you like. Because when you just, you, the royal you, all, when all you do is just say how bad a thing is, how it's not good, how you deserve this, that makes other people not want to try out the game that you love or yeah. the genre that you love, you know? So it's this really interesting it's, it's push and pull, right? Because like, I think a lot of gamers are like, oh yeah, like, a million people bought this game. So Relic are like swimming in money. Like, no, Sega is swimming no. in money. And yeah. Relic is only getting the money enough to pay their employees. They're not really getting huge amounts of profit. Like they're getting yep. some profit, but not huge amounts, right? Um there isn't there aren't royalties in video games. <laughs> exactly. And I'm not at all saying you shouldn't tell them it's bad and you want to get mm-hmm. these fixes. But if you're like, oh, it's not as good as the last game because it has less feature, like, yes, that last game's also ten years old and has like yep an amazing community behind it that has built things out. Of course, this brand new thing isn't there yet. Um, With all the negative sentiment, if I'm Relic and like, oh, we want money to make the game better because everyone wants the game to be better, including Relic, they want the game to be good. Uh, Sega's going to look at that and be like, well, no, everyone hates it. So we're not going to spend any money in it. You know? Or, uh, yeah, yeah, we're not going to give you that funding. You need to lay off people if you want to do that. Like, not saying it's your fault, listener, for, for Relic getting fired. Um, you know, I'm just saying, like, the, it has a cascading effect. And as you said, if we're in these communities and we're constantly just talking about only the bad points or where the game missed the mm. mark in vitriolic standpoints, like, as you said, that breeds negativity as well. Like, yeah. the loudest voices are always the in. most negative, right? Yeah, uh, not always, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I have the, like, very good fortune of, like, knowing some at least public facing communities like uh, sorry the the public faces of some communities that are just like entirely positive because they know what happens when all you do is talk about how bad a thing is right yeah um and this is actually a problem that's extremely prevalent in fighting games at the moment mm-hmm. because it's very niche it's very small and every time a new game comes out everyone all everyone can say is like it's not as good as the old one you know like so yeah yeah I, um, I, I don't know. We, we even do this here at Pixels. Like, when we get a game that we just, like, okay, is this good or is it not that great or is this a problem? And if yeah. a game is just not that great, like, we're just not going to spend our time reviewing it. Yep. Like, we're just not. Yeah, we, we have a limited not- amount of time and dunking yeah. on a game for the sake of dunking on a game it's is not helpful to anyone. Time. 
we might yeah. say to the developers, we don't want to recover this because of X, Y, Z, and these are the reasons. So they have the feedback. If a game is yeah. like horribly bad, like if we were doing a review of Redfall, right? Like I would cover all those bad points because they're asking $120 for that and people deserve to yes. know, don't spend your $120, yeah. right? Um, but if a game's just mediocre and it's 20 bucks from an indie dev, like I'm not going to dunk on that, right? Um, yeah. You got to filter that. And that can make the channel be a bit more like, oh, you only give good reviews, which I don't think we do that. But, you know, oh, you only cover the things you like. It was like, yeah, because we could only do like one video a month. And like, well, I'm not going to do that. Also, wouldn't you do that? Wouldn't, yeah, wouldn't, like, wouldn't you, you know, play a thing you like? <laughs> yeah. Like, why Why did you... That's the thing that people complain about when they are forced to do this for a living, because we're not. Right, yeah. but like a lot of people who are forced to do this for a living are forced to play games they don't like. Yeah, and that's why you sometimes get write-ups that are just bad, like 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 harsh, you know, because they had to do it and they yeah. had to put something out there. But w- when it's like people like us, we don't need to do that. So why would we? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's right. such a waste of energy of just being negative about a thing. Um. But yeah, anyway, off the soapbox and we'll move on to the next story. <laughs> uh, uh, the, the, in, in the next story, water is wet um, <laughs> because Microsoft's proposed acquisition of Activision Blizzard has been approved in China. I It's definitely news, yeah, but also not something that anyone expected to be a problem. So cool, like two thumbs yeah. up, uh, the world keeps turning. Yes. Yeah, we're, we're not going to really talk much more about it. Just China said yes uh, alongside uh, the the Euro the, the European um, Commission. Commission and also Brazil, right? Wasn't it Brazil? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think Brazil was also included. Yeah. Um, the so FTC yeah, more countries has, are signing on. Yeah, basically the FTC is the only major major that hasn't signed off, but Microsoft has word that it's not going to be a problem there. It's going to get through. Microsoft's um, very confident. Like, yeah. like, it'd be so funny if the FTC just comes in and goes, no. Yeah. But like Microsoft is like so confident they're going to get it there. Uh, and, and yeah, there's still obviously the uh, CMA in, in, uh, in the UK. But Yeah, so yeah, that's your Activision Blizzard check-in for, for the Fortnite. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, comes from an old friend, actually. So, Bloodborne is playable on PC, and Lance McDonald says he has the proof. Um, so, Lance McDonald is a former game dev, current game dev, I'm not really sure. Hacker now, I don't know what he does anymore. When's, when's he uh, got, Black Annex coming out? Internet, yeah, he got internet famous for doing a lot of Bloodborne stuff. Yeah, um, basically, and I don't think he's finishing his video game. Um, if you are Lance, I want a copy. Send it my way. Um, he has released that basically. Um, he saw screenshots. Uh, that uh, Bloodborne: The Old Hunters Edition is running on PC natively. Um, <laughs> it's such a funny story because these aren't new screenshots. Yeah, these They're are old images that have been sitting in a wiki for years, and it's just you know he he was skimming through it and he looked at it closely and he went, "Wait a minute!" <laughs> yeah, so he found this by seeing the screenshots. Um, the screenshots come from uh, an environmental artist named Marcos Domenic, I think is his name. Uh, so uh, the the screenshots were named SPRJ-Win64, which, uh, you know, indicates that it's running natively on the PC and it's not like in a debug thing. He's also said that it's used uh, in the area called Fishing's Hamlet. So it's literally full game plus DLC running on the PC. Um, 
I've mentioned that I've seen Bloodborne running on Windows 7 before in a private setting, and that was a super early build from around May 2014. This is the first time that we've seen the full game plus DLC. Still, not likely we'll ever get our hands on it. This yeah. is from years ago. That's the ago. important point here. Yeah. Yeah. This is right. from years ago. I only noticed it today. I think a lot of people thought I was lying when I said Bloodborne already runs on PC and the dev team were using it regularly. But if you actually wanted proof, there you go. <laughs> this is the very important point here. This is not any kind of indication that the Bloodborne PC port is coming, is ever going to release the, the assertion here is just that there is a build out there somewhere that runs on PC, which makes a lot of sense. A lot of dev happens on PC, but FromSoft doesn't seem to be in a position to ever want to do anything about it. So Yeah, the only hope we have is that PlayStation are doing more PC stuff. Um... For all we know, there is this like weird, archaic contract that sony had for just a very short period of like two months and that's from signed bloodborne into it or something like that and that's why bloodborne can never come out on pc yeah i, I wouldn't put it past sony i would say <laughs> you know, this, i would say this is a business uh reason yeah. not a the developer doesn't want to do it and sony doesn't want to yeah. make money there's probably some third party something. that we don't know um yeah there, there's something going on here yeah uh or, or literally no one high enough has cared. Yeah. Yeah. Because it is often very hard to get the like the, the people who can make instant movement happen to care about something because it's hard to bring things to their attention. They just don't look at social media. They don't look at popular opinion. They just run the business. That's how they're successful. Yeah. Or maybe... Maybe they had to sacrifice a PlayStation 3 cell processor to make Bloodborne work in all its glory on the PlayStation 4. There was like some sort of ritual there that they cannot repeat on the PC. That's my, my running theory. Some Prince of Egypt thing where their firstborn child, is <laughs> yeah. their, their bloodborne child is sacrificed to the yeah. Eldritch gods. And- yeah, and they can't do it again. It's done. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this we're we're going to find out down the line that like they deleted the safe the 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 data files and they don't have access to it anymore like yes. it's, it's, <laughs> like FromSoft, can't you just like pull up the file from your arch- no no some we lost it in in like the freak eldritch summoning event of 2015 like yeah, it's just yeah. gone or it's just there like the, no more game the game director like put a password on the source file and like they can't remember the password so it's like we can't edit yeah. it it's done he, it's just done he went on a trip to like fiji and came back and like had this very acute amnesia yeah yeah yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, but yeah, uh, moving on. This story, blue. This story is the I most love this story. like. This story. This is story just... is the most Zelavir story I've ever heard. Yeah. So, Sunshine's Shuffle uh, is a god. That's a name. Yeah, Sunshine Shuffle is a game yeah. about animals that uh, went on a heist and stole uh, a whole bunch of money from a bank and they're gambling on a ship and they let you gamble and decorate their ship and it's part visual novel, part mystery, part poker game and uh, it's being banned by Nintendo over non-existent child gambling. Um, I, I don't think we can actually say that anymore because I think it came back as of yesterday of the recording. Oh, really? So it was banned. Yeah, yeah May, thir- was May 31st was okay. when it got put back. Amazing. Yes. So... This game uh, is from uh, Strange Scaffold. Strange Scaffold. Yeah, yes. which is Zelavir Nelson Jr.'s uh, game studio. 
uh, that is his name, yes. right? I did get that right. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I interviewed Salavir. Uh, you should go yeah. on our YouTube and check that out. I think it was a, a really great interview um, talking about sustainable indie game development. But anyway, fantastic developer. Zalavir Absolutely love it. Is very crazy and outspoken and fun and not afraid to do anything to get his his games in front of you um and he was basically just doing a whole bunch of tiktoks and tweets and stuff uh being like yeah this game is like definitely not teaching your kids to gamble because you know the characters are all because it's not yeah it's not it it to, <laughs> very to, literally to clear, is, it is not about teaching children to gamble yeah very much but you know cute characters he's playing up that idea like this is not a game that did and like someone at nintendo got wind of that and were like refusing to release the game like i think it was the day before release or two days before release or something right i I believe it was the day before the game was slated to release he released a tweet that was along the lines of i've really goofed i have flown too close to the sun yeah yeah. i I, I, I goofed i goofed too close to the sun apparently my media campaign about the game not teaching children to gamble has convinced nintendo that sunshine shuffle is about enticing children to spend real world money without their parents permission in order to gamble with adorable animal criminals yep um, someone um, apparently asked him on TikTok why Nintendo blocked Sunshine Shuffle but allows loot boxes. And the, uh, Zelovy's response was, the answer is mischievous little guys. Apparently the presence of our characters in the game is the difference between a loot box and enticing children to gamble. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, and worth noting, worth noting, um, it was banned on the Nintendo eShop only in North America and Korea. Yes. Uh, the North American ban means that every, every, everything in like that hemisphere of the globe didn't get it. Yeah. Um, but you know, there there was another argument that was brought up of like, what if Nintendo like the the very like tin foil hat argument? What if Nintendo's in on the joke? Yeah. Because yeah. if they truly believed that this game was teaching children to gamble they would have banned it across all the e-shops not yeah. just in like select regions exactly um, I, I just think this is the most really, thing ever such, it, it really is it's so funny I, um yeah strange scaffold make very strange and wonderful games um yeah i think you should go check out sunshine shuffle um and learn really good tactics to teach a child to gamble um but yeah check out their other games no no we're not we're not doing that you can't say that we're expressly not doing that uh Uh, but yeah i think when uh el paso nowhere comes out i might try and get another interview with salivir and we can maybe mm -hmm. grill him together on his goofing antics um but yeah yeah i mean we talked a bit about like um niches and diversity and Someone in the day that it came out, you know, he was retweeting a lot of people. And then someone had said, like, they had posted, like, four screenshots from, like, four of the recent games that Strange Scaffold had made. And it's like, they're all wildly different games. And they're like, yeah, one developer made all this. And he makes a very good point. And this is 100% the thing that he was talking about in his interview with you of just give developers the ability to make small games. And then you get such a much more broader width of of games out of them you know you, you get to give more people the chance to just bring their vision to life and like, that's exactly what he's talking about 
So he's really preaching. So he's really practicing what he's preaching is what I'm trying yeah. to say. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm a huge fan. Huge fan. Yeah, um, I think um, I will play anything that he puts in front of me. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> including Sunshine Shuffle. Um, this is uh, this is not that surprising, but a little sad. Homeworld 3 has been mm-hmm. delayed again. It'll be out in February 2024. Uh, it was originally this planned is... to be launched the first half of this year. It's the second delay, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. So the it was supposed supposed to be yeah q4 2022 so it was supposed to be last year the quote uh, initially from, yeah the quote from blackboard uh, blackbird interactive our primary goal is to deliver a homeworld experience that lives up to the standards set by its predecessors and is worthy of this series incredible legacy uh homeworld 3 is shaping up to be exactly that but in order to fully realize that vision we need more time to refine and polish the game we deeply appreciate your passion and dedication to this game and we are working hard to get homeworld 3 to you as soon as possible take all the time you need just do it like homeworld is a a series that is very special to a lot of people i Mm -hmm. actually only experienced it a few years ago i remember it came out around the same time as half-life and i had to choose and i chose half-life i'm glad i chose half-life um Mm. and i never got around to playing it until the remasters came out when gearbox purchased uh the rights to homeworld yep Yep. um but blackbird interactive like yeah no yeah blackbird interactive i've been following them for a long time so i think they were founded by x uh relic made homeworld right i think i'm pretty sure it was relic um um yeah it, it sounds very close to right but I, I don't know to be able to just support what you're saying i'm gonna quickly um, look this up and i'll just say in the meantime the only like possible flying the ointment is that it, it's gearbox publishing it and yes uh, th- there is uh enough historic cause to be concerned but we'll see yeah, we'll so it was Relic uh, that, that uh, made the original. And Blackbird were then making a game called, I think it was called Hardline, uh, that looked a lot sure. like Homeworld. And then yep. when Gearbox bought the rights to Homeworld, they also partnered, uh, I don't know if they own Blackbird, but they partnered with them at least and turned that into Homeworld Deserts of Karak, um, which was like a prequel. And that game was really, really cool. And I don't like strategy mm. games. I'm not good at them, but I really, really like that game. So I'm very excited to see what they do with a quote unquote real Homeworld game. Um, mm. And yeah, give them all the time they need. Make sure they get it right. Uh, because this yeah. series is one of those, those, I don't want to call it, it's a cult classic, I think. I don't think it's like a mainstream huge sure. success, but it's an important game. It, it it was what Relic really changed what a strategy game yeah. could be. So, Yeah. Uh, and our last story for the week, uh, Roots Update of Pacha. from last time. Yeah. Yeah, Roots of Pacha has returned to Steam. Uh, so we talked about this last episode. Uh, there was a conflicting reports, argument between the developer Soda... What were they called? Soda Den. Soda Den. And, and publisher Crytivo. Yeah. Uh, it's returned to Steam now, and the developer and publisher have decided to part ways. Um, amicably. The, amicably. Yeah, so the, they both released a quote. Uh, so um, 
basically. They just said that instead... Uh, no, that was from the thing. Over the past two weeks, Crytivo and Soda Den have worked tirelessly to achieve the common goal of restoring Roots of Pacha to Steam. We are happy to share we have reached an agreement and that Roots of Pacha has been restored to Steam for all to purchase. We also would like to share that Crytivo and Soda Den have made the decision to amicably, amicably part ways under terms that are mutually beneficial. Soda Den sincerely thanks the Crytivo team for their efforts to support and market Roots of Pacha. Crytivo sincerely thanks Soda Den for their dedication and craft that went into the creation of Roots of Pacha. So we still don't know what happened. We probably never will at this point, but, you know, they worked something out. They worked something out and the game is back in everyone's hands. So that's the most important thing. it, It is basically impossible to tell if any particular party was in the wrong here if there is a wrong or if there, there was a wrong someone was a bit extra greedy that's that's what this boils down to yeah someone 100%. somewhere was a bit extra greedy but it's impossible to tell who and where at this point because they have acted like adults and talked it out yeah which you know um, which is, i think that's a good thing yeah yeah but so yeah. it like the this is all like strange undertones of like not good but genuinely this is just a good thing um whether or not there is underlying bad blood between them who knows they're probably both small enough that they never need to cross paths again if they don't need to but no one went now, to call and i think that's the best thing yeah uh but this will be one of those things that you know going down the line people will pay attention our publishers will pay a bit closer attention if they ever deal with Sodaden and any studios will pay a bit closer attention if they ever want to publish under Crytivo. That's just what these kinds of stories do. Um, yeah. And that's fine. 100%. You should always be careful. And that brings us to the end of the news section. We're going to take a short break and then we'll be back to talk about what we've been playing and uh, finish the show. We'll see you in a few. All right, so welcome back. We're going to have just a brief chat about what we've been playing because I don't think Blue and I have been playing that much this week. We've both got a fair bit going on. Um, Blue's I got mean, a lot. You got a lot of watching going on. And <laughs> fair play, but you know, I, it's stuff that we talked about already. So yeah, so, let's get to it. Let's get to it. Yeah, what have you uh, done? So I, I, I grabbed humanity. Uh, <laughs> so this is the game from the folks who made Tetris Effect, who I can't remember right now. Um, but I heard a lot of people. Yeah, I'm gonna look that up. I, I heard a lot of people mm-hmm. talking about it. Um, uh, Tha Limited is the developer. Uh, Enhance sure. is the publisher. Um, mm-hmm. It's a puzzle action game. I'm just gonna actually read the description. If anyone doesn't it's know what this is, work. go look at the trailer. It's got a Shiba Inu on the uh, on the mm-hmm. thumbnail. Um, a real life Shiba Inu. Is that it is humanity? Th- yeah, that's is humanity. a Shiba humanity. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Look, look, seriously, like this. I know this studio has a budget, but they're not like a huge scale studio. This is one of the better yeah, yeah, like yeah. game trailers I've ever seen. Um, so yeah, humanity, a unique blend of puzzle solving and action platforming. Play a lone Shiba Inu charged with commanding massive marching crowds to the goal. Basically, you are this spirit shiba inu and you are barking orders for an endless stream of humans that are just walking through these um doors lemmings yeah it's lemmings it's lemmings but with some platforming um but lemmings was very beautiful um flow simulation because that's what the people are they're just simulated flow exactly so it's got great music which you'd expect from this developer and yeah it's basically like lemmings your objective is to get 
like a certain number to a goal and keep as many alive as he can in humanity it's just about getting a, the streams of humans to the light boxes and you do that by issuing commands like turn jump long jump um and you are like navigating all the puzzles and you're like okay i need this stream of humans to go over here jump across this gap turn right jump across that gap they need to hit this switch but then they keep walking and falling off the edge. So how can I make them so they loop around and continually hit the switch but don't fall off the edge because I need this other stream of humans to go across these gaps and get up to the light thing. And then the glue that sticks all that together because getting the streams of people together is fun and 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 a little like as you get further into it, it's a little you know hard, especially for me. I don't play a lot of puzzle games. But the glue mm-hmm. that keeps it all together are these things called goldies. And they're these giant golden humans. They kind of look like a giant Oscar trophy that's like not on its pedestal. Um, they're like placed in precarious positions and you have to like hit them and then they will walk along with the rest of the humans. And unlike the humans, like you can let as many of them die. It doesn't matter. But the goldies, if they die, you lose them altogether. And you want goldies because it unlocks special abilities. And like, that's the challenge of the game. Um it's super cool. Like I've only played the, uh, like there's a prologue tutorial area and then I'm halfway through the first, uh, chapter, but you're going to try in VR. I am going to try it in VR. So yeah, I've just been playing a controller on the steam deck at the moment, but I'm going to try it in VR. Uh, but I think it's just got a really cool vibe and flow. And the really cool thing is that it has, a it has a level editor straight away and yeah, they like community moderation and stuff and like there's just a lot of extra content if you're really into this and like i can totally see myself just i'm gonna play like two or three levels this week and and move on yeah um but yeah super cool game wasn't expecting to to love it as much as i did it's like 35 bucks i think it's kind of worth it because it's an interesting idea um but if that's too pricey for you which i totally understand because it's a smaller puzzle game then just wait for it wait wait for a sale Yeah. yeah um Another game, I can't remember if I talked about it, but Starship Troopers Extermination. I don't think you... Not extensively. Yeah. If you did. So I streamed this uh, last week. So this is an early access game. It is from Unknown Worlds, I think is the name of the studio. Uh, They are the developers behind Squad, which is like a hardcore military uh, game where you've got like 30 people on a team like all chatting to one another building forward operating bases it's very tactical um this is like a scaled down version of that but in the starship troopers universe um you drop in with six, uh, 15 other players so it's 16 players you drop in to this giant map and then it's randomized objectives. So it's like, okay, get to this point and secure it. And then a base drops down where you can refuel. And then another random objective, like it might be turn on the power generators or um, build a refinery and get these things out. And basically you do like two two to four objectives. And then you get to the final objective of each mission, which is you get to this like um, base area. And then you have to, you have like three minutes to build a base um, protect like this arc core while it drills in to get data from the surface of the planet. And mm. 
you're all just going through and doing that and there's like 15 other people who are all Starship Troopers fans quoting the movie constantly all the time and playing music (laughs) through the voice chat and uh, you're building these bunkers and bases and like big tall um, outpost towers and you've got a jetpack and the bugs are just like swarming in and you're like trying to repair because you can only repair the buildings when they're not getting hit so you got like a crew wiping out the bugs while another crew's like trying to keep the 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 wall up because you don't want them to break through and start attacking the core and then if you manage to survive that a drop ship comes and you've got like four minutes to all get to the drop ship and if you die after the drop ship has landed you can't respawn so before that you can always respawn at an operating base but once the drop ship's down you're dead it's over um it's really good like super good I had not yeah. seen Starship Troopers. Like, I knew all about it, and I'd seen key moments through memes and videos and stuff. Um, I went and watched the movie because of this. I didn't like the movie, actually. Uh, that's a shame. <laughs> um, that's a shame. I understand what it was doing. Like, I get it. Um, I think the take on it, critical take, at the, we, we talked about this offline, the critical take at the time was like, how did you think this was a fascist film? But anyway, um, yeah, I, I get it. it. Just, I didn't think it was a good movie. But... I really like this game. I think it captures the vibe of what the the movie was going for really well. It makes one of those like hardcore military shooters like Squad or Hell Let Loose. It distills that feeling down to 16 players with much less complexity. So it's a little mm. easier for you to grasp that sort of, okay, we're building a forward operating base and this is why we want to do that. And there's not like a thousand people killing you on the other side. And more importantly, mm. you're not you're not facing off against other players. You're facing off against AI, which gives you a little bit more breathing yeah. room, right? And yeah, and because yeah. of the nature of it's the humans versus these bugs, that makes a lot more sense in this setting too. Um, yep. And yeah, the maps are really big. I think it's really well thought out, but this is early access. So there's only one map. Um, yes. The objectives, like, you know, I've played about six hours. Like I'm seeing the same objectives all the time. But the reason why I think it's a good game is I don't care. Like, I'm still playing it almost daily and having a good time, even though I'm playing the same map time and time again. Um, there are three classes. I mean, we're, oh, yeah. We, we, we are, like, at a point where you kind of understand what has the formula to be a good early access game and what doesn't nowadays, right? And yeah. this sounds like, yeah, you, adding content will be not easy, but it'll be, like, the very doable part. You're yeah. not struggling to find the formula yeah and that's the thing i think the formula works really well and like yeah. i can see oh okay maybe they aren't going to release a new map for six months but maybe they're going to release mm-hmm. like a new series of objectives which immediately makes yep. the game feel different um mm-hmm. i think my biggest criticism is like the gun just general feedback overall like the guns don't feel over overly satisfying to kill things with yep. um the the building i think feels bad like it doesn't have a mm. good feel but it works and even though it's not feeling great, I'm still having fun. I'm not feeling frustrated. And I think that alone is like, this is a solid foundation to build on. Um, yeah. And, and we've had games like that already. Like even personally to us, we played the Anacrusis and like our first foray, we were like, oh yeah, some of this feels a bit too floaty, a bit not very good. And then immediately the next time there was a major update, we was like, oh my God, the gun feel is like immediately better yeah exactly and i mean that's another game where they're not adding a huge amount of content but every time we do go back to it it feels better it It looks a little better the ai is better and like that's enough in this phase for us um 
But yeah, another it, game this like is the kind of space where early access works well, as opposed to like it's just empty promises, you know? Like yeah. Exactly. So it's kind of weird to see TriStar pictures on a splash screen for a game. And <laughs> from my years and years of playing yeah. like bad Super Nintendo movie tie-ins like True Lies and Time Cop, uh, you yeah, know, you should be like, oh, this is horrible. But pretty good game. I think if you're a fan of co-op shooters and you want to get into something that's a little more... Like, it's not as tactical as uh, Hell Let Loose or Squad, but if that's kind of your thing, I think it's worth checking out. If you're a Starship Troopers fan, I think this is very, very good. Um, and I think, yeah, maybe maybe wait for a few major updates, but I would definitely wishlist this one. Uh, Sounds good. And the last one is just a Redfall check-in. We we tried to play Redfall this We week. tried. So we, we, tried. We, had, we had three hours set aside. Two of those hours were spent trying to connect to one another. I, and yeah. there have been no updates for the game. So I don't understand yeah. how every time we play it, it's somehow worse. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I've given a bit more thought to that, and it's further in the game. Yeah, QA true. has hit this part less. Yeah, that's, that's probably... Which feels very bad to say. I, you know, this isn't QA's fault. This is just they didn't have enough time. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. We, we kind of talked about it. I'm willing to give it one more shot, but if we have another session where it's like two hours of messing around to try and play the game, like I think I'm going to have to give up on my dreams of 100%ing Redfall. Absolutely, because you know, we were talking about this and it's just the game isn't bad, but I don't want to spend two-thirds of the time trying to play the game. Yeah. The game would be fine if I could play the game, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, like, they're actively trying to stop us from playing the game, is how it feels. Um, they're yep. like, no, no, don't see it. Don't see it. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, if that's the mm-hmm. case, might have to abandon it, but I really do want to see the end. But I have a morbid yeah. curiosity. I just want to see that end. Um, but, yeah, that's yep. that's kind of it for me. I'm going to get back to Tears of the Kingdom this week. I'm going to get mm-hmm. into some Diablo 4 this weekend. Um, mm-hmm. I did touch Everspace 2 ever so oh, yeah. slightly and i really like what i played but i'll save that for when i've played a lot more so what about you blue um yeah more tears of the kingdom are the main like thing that i sunk a lot of exploratory time into mm-hmm. um and i'm saving a lot of that for when we do a breakdown because a lot of that would be spoilers yeah. and so uh yeah zelda is a is still a good game uh I have thoughts, I have feelings, uh, which is very good because a lot of Breath of the Wild is just empty space to me. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I think that Tears of the Kingdom does a lot better at just contextualizing a lot of the story that goes on in the space for it. And that's genuinely just a big plus. So yeah, pretty cool game. Can't wait to talk more about it. Uh, and then this week, any notion of playing anything that takes brain power has gone out the window because Summer Games Done Quick 2023 is on, and I have been thoroughly enjoying almost everything I've seen of it. Give us, um, give us your favorite. Give us your highlights. I, one thing that I will definitely recommend you, maybe like if we have a watch party or something, but anyone who's listening, uh, go check out the Ratatouille run by Adef. Ratatouille. Uh, is that a PS2 yeah. game? It yes, I think. It's it's a movie tie-in game. Yeah. Um the run the the game itself is fine, 
the run is super entertaining. Like, okay. very fun. Yeah. Um, other than that, uh, I just finished watching a very fun uh, Sonic Adventure DX run where it was seven people playing seven different stories in Sonic Adventure DX. That was a cool relay format, and that's awesome. Um, I get, I've gotten to the point where I like... I, I can look at the schedule and like the, and the games, and it's either, hey, this game could be a cool speed game to watch, or this is a great runner. Let's go and watch them. Yeah. Um, right. So, uh, Horror Block was um, this morning slash yesterday evening in, in, in the Americas time, and uh, Ecdysis ran uh, Dead Rising 2, and I first saw Ecdysis when he ran... Um, do you know the game Night Trap? The yes. FMV game? Yes. From a few years ago, I saw him run it blindfolded. Oh my god. <laughs> that was such a fun run to watch. And ever since then, I've been a huge Ecdysis fan. I've seen, I think, every GDQ run that Ecdysis has done since, and it's mm-hmm. always been something very enjoyable. So yeah, it's that kind of thing where it's like, yeah, find the runners that you enjoy, go and look for their stuff. Uh, Ecdysis, I can recommend. Blood Thunder ran Bioshock 2. Um... There's a technique in in Bioshock uh, One and Two called uh, splicer surfing. I think is what they call it. The technique. Basically, the idea is if you can walk onto a splicer, not jump, like mm-hmm. walk off a thing and then like be on top of a splicer, um, the and then you kill the splicer, the game will tie your position to the splicers. Uh huh. Interesting. And you will have, like, basically no hitbox at that point. Yeah. And if you can then move the dead splicer body, you move yourself. So you, like, walk on top of a splicer, kill them, and then you just use telekinesis and throw them at a wall, and you will just be surfing on the splicer body as, it, as it's thrown at the wall. Oh, really cool. that is... Okay, yeah, I need to watch that. That sounds so cool. Yeah. So there was a run of Bioshock 1 in AGDQ earlier this year. And then there was a Bioshock 2 run, both by Blood Thunder, both really fun. And like this tech, this it's very, very awesome. It looks weird. Yeah, <laughs> and you I can, can just, imagine. You can just throw the corpse through a wall because it's just a corpse. And yeah. then you will go through the wall as well. You know, like that kind of thing. So, um, yeah. AGDQ, yeah. super good time. Um and I think they're at like over five hundred thousand dollars raised, which is wow, again that's amazing. Awesome. Yeah, hell yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I could keep going on and on, but like, if you're interested, go check it out. Games Done Quick has a YouTube channel where um, they tend to upload stuff like every day in batches. Like they they have a well oiled machine of a crew there. Um, highly recommend checking them out. Just watch some vods. You don't have to watch it live. It's it's good entertainment value. Pick a game that you you know that you like or that you think could be a funny speed game, and then give it a try. Speedrunning's fun; I super enjoy it. Uh, do we have time? There's a, like a, a cool tech story that they were going through that I thought yeah, was really please, awesome. Please, please. Um, so the 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 people who run it are trying to do a lot of things that aren't just like put on the 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 speedrun show, but like try to like explain different aspects of it. And one of the things is that they had like an, an interview with some of the 
the organizers, the tech people behind the scenes and talk about like some of what the tech that goes on into it. Because you can imagine this is a very complicated event, right? People are running games on original hardware or PCs and they're like bringing their own PCs in sometimes or they're just getting PCs there. And so the the thing is that they're getting the feed that's on stage that the runners are using immediately and then that's being fed into like three different PCs that is the production station where it then gets like broadcast out over Twitch, right? And like they have this like very complicated overlay and stuff like that. And they were just talking about it and they're talking about a lot of the redundancies that they have. Like they have like backup generators, backup internet and all that. And I didn't remember this until they were talking about it, but like... There was a 2019, one of the GDQs, I don't remember which one, A or S, where the hotel lost power. Mm -hmm. And you can actually see in the, I have no idea which run this was anymore, but like in the video feed, you can see that the only thing that like anyone watching on Twitch noticed is that the lights dimmed in the back of the hall. Mm Mm-hmm. Their tech redundancy is so good that the hotel losing power, everything just kept working. Like, the stage like, is fine. The production I, desk was fine. Yeah, they just have a generator, their, their own backup internet. If any of that goes down, it automatically kicks in, and everything just keeps going seamlessly. That's, that's so insane wild. to me. That's, in, like, can you imagine, like, the hotel you're in for your event loses power, and the only thing that people notice is, hey, the lights went off. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, that's crazy and then meanwhile someone's in the front like on a ness or whatever like pushing like running mega man oh man that's so cool yeah imagine running logistics and yeah tech setup for an event like that like even when we would set up a booth at pax or you know rtx yeah that's easy yeah that's like relatively yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's still nightmarish of like, oh, we forgot this one plug. Yeah. Uh, when does Office Works open, you know? Like- yeah, or there's that thing where like, you, you, I remember we got to RTX and it was like, oh, the router is not working and I'm in a foreign country without a car and yeah. don't know where I even buy a router from in the next 10 minutes. Like those sorts of things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, in the indie space, I remember... Um, more than once of like people turning up and they open their suitcase and like the monitor they brought has been smashed. Yeah, because you know it, it had to be checked in, right? And like, yeah, and it's just like, ah, uh, what do we? Okay, when does JB Hi-Fi? Uh, you know, like that kind yeah. of discussion starts happening, and it's just the worst. nightmarish. And then these people are like, no, no, we got this, <laughs> like. Got the crew. It's like a bomb shelter. Yeah, it's like a bomb shelter of like redundancy on redundancy. You know, what if this goes down? What if that goes down? What if it all goes down? Um, huge that's respect. Amazing. That's that's like crazy. Yeah. Anyway. Cool. And as Blue said, we might try and do a couple of watch parties in our Discord. Uh, if you're you're listening to this, uh, there's links to all our stuff online. So join and uh, come hang out. Uh, I think that's a wrap, Blue. It's- pretty busy Yay. busy fortnight um yeah so uh this a lot will be of games up. got announced a lot of games a lot of games this will be uploaded to youtube because the stream didn't pan out uh so we'll upload that to youtube uh, make sure you hit that like button subscribe uh if you're listening on your podcatcher of choice we would really appreciate it if you could come and check out our coffee page uh 
ko-fi forward slash pixels for breakfast. We're trying to raise funds to pay for our server hosting. And then our next goal after that's completed will be to pay for our sort of email admin hosting as well. Uh, Thanks to everyone who has backed the show. We really do appreciate it. In terms of content, we had a uh, Resident Evil 4 piece that I put together about Capcom caring about its legacy. It's now live on pixelsforbreakfast.net. Uh, thank you, Blue, for editing that piece. I think it turned out pretty well. Um, yeah, I think so too. It's good. We have Starship Troopers. Our live stream is live on YouTube, and I'll be putting together a video about that. Blue released a video, uh, Wild Frost Impressions. Uh, that's up on our channel right now. Uh, so go check the that out. through of the article that was already out. Yeah. By the inimical. Heller. I don't even know f- what that word means. No, that's but, a fancy uh, word. I, I like that word. That feels good. <laughs> Probably I means. Out? Yeah, I, just, I don't know. Did you just say something horrible to me, or now we have to have a duel or something? <laughs> uh, it's probably fine. <laughs> yeah, it's probably fine. Uh, but yeah, so so that's happened. Um, I decided I'm going to pivot to do Starship Troopers just because it's out right now, and I kind of want to get some more footage for Against the Storm. But it is coming. I promise it's coming. Um, I think that's it. I think, oh, we've got yeah. Across the Obelisk, our Rogue Life episode two happening oh, yeah, next was... week. Also, we had episode one. Episode last one. Week. Last week, uh, that live stream is up on YouTube and we'll be that doing the next one next week. Yeah, it was fun. We died. <laughs> we died. We had a lot of fun along the way. We took some risks. I like taking no, the I, risks. I, I, I mean that more in the, we didn't even know if we were going to be able to die, but we did die. Yeah, we did die. Spoilers. Um, yeah, it's but it was, a, it was a fun one. Uh, make sure you come and tune in and cheer us along for episode two, which will be happening next hey, week hey, sometime. Give us advice. Yeah. Don't go down the hatch. Yeah, don't go down the hatch. Let's remember that for next time. Uh, Blue, anything you want to plug or say before we sign out? Yes, as always, take care of yourself. But also, we are both very tired, so get some sleep for us as well. Yeah, please. That would be appreciated. Would appreciate that. Uh, As always, pixelate your breakfast. We'll see you in the next one. Bye-bye. Bye.